Of the dark walk through my heaven with levitation from me, fish drenching deep as an H7 show boating with rugas, flash vines, Bella Fonte Digger. Let's get forward this work as we confiscate your figures. Casting over brown, levitating, jiki and dashikis, the lahada car, 54, chasing diamond runners, headed ice band. The big chiller diamond convention, Harlem Buck Strut, freezing world heights, Hollywood, Madam Butterfly. Let me in your house, a pleasure. From the knuckle swatch, shadow boxes catching black eye blue. I play the thief, what? Sensations at the Monte Glory's been achieved, fulfilling pleasures in my castle. Blow the smoke out. The Goss of Vegas substitutes when the Dutch is gone. The load don't stop. Give me shouts. It's the season. Sartayas, two flayers for swerving. No corners. We madness to moolah. Living with Charlie's angels on us. No smiling. We're sliding. That gets you caught up in the octa or dead for moving. It's just like that as we proceed. Saturday night special. Better take it light. Jaja, you're a capitan. Quest to the coast. The key logger. Wire the chain gang. Keep your ears out for a ears. Sip the fountain blue. House of bamboo. Paradise. This is it. What? Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502. It is going down on a Saturday morning. Absolutely perfect. I'm talking about, first of all, happy April 1st. Happy birthday to my baby girl, Haley. It's her birthday. She's an April Fool's baby. And I'm talking about if you could paint a picture of what the perfect Saturday morning is like. That's what we have today here in the Ville. This is Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers here, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, also lovingly known as the Big X. WXVW, it is going down on this Saturday morning, and we have so many things to get into. A little Camp Low, Lucini uh, getting you going this morning. Told you, I always got to get you something grooving. I got to make you move a little bit in the morning before we get you going. Of course, if you want to get involved, we have so many things to get into. Uh, you know, news from everywhere. Some some news, some, <laughs> I don't know, hype or, or excitement or uh, what it is. Uh, we have uh, women's basketball going crazy. Uh, we got, uh, of course, the, the men's NCAA tournament getting going today. Uh, Lamar Jackson drama continues. Uh, so many things to get into. We have a uh, football uh, practice, another uh, spring practice. Open practice will be starting here in about eh, about 40 minutes or so. Uh, so we have that to get into. So many things to happen. Of course, if you want to get involved, 502 uh, 384-1450 is the Wake Up 502 buzz line if you want to give me a call uh, to give me your thoughts. Um, 
Haven Harrington will be joining us uh, at some point uh, on the road. He's uh, headed uh, out of town, so he said he's going to give a call this morning uh, to give his thoughts on a few different things. Uh, So cannot wait to get into that. Uh, But if you want to get involved, 502-414-1450 as well is the Thornton's text line, probably the most popular way uh, to get involved with the show, uh, to give your thoughts. Uh, Make sure you go out there to uh, any of the uh, 73,452 local areas Thornton's here uh, for all the best in drinks, gas, uh, grub, snacks, uh, you know, e- even if you want some of those, uh, you know, uh, who, who knows, a little bag of Grippos, <laughs> whatever your fancy is, make sure you check out Thornton's uh, for all of that. Uh, but my goodness, man, where, where do we even start? Uh, absolutely um, amazing game last night uh, in the women's final four, uh, the, the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes knocking off. South Carolina Monstars <laughs> in uh, just an absolutely unbelievable game. Of course, uh, University of Louisville, Jeff Walls and, and their women um, bowed out to Iowa last Sunday uh, in, you know, what was a very, very uh, tough game. Caitlin Clark. Uh, was none short of outstanding, a 40-point triple-double. Sometimes, you know, the one thing that that I have learned is that sometimes you have to tip your hat. You know, I mean, so sometimes it just comes down to uh, it's their day, it's their year, it's their – uh, their movie and you're just living in it and, and you know I, I I loved everything uh, that Louisville did uh, this year on the court Jeff Walls um, made chicken out of, chicken salad out of chicken something else and you know what I'm talking about uh, the way Louisville um, had played this year they didn't have their, their fastball from what we've normally seen from a Jeff Walls coach team uh, he had to deal with defections he had to deal with um, chemistry issues he had to deal with uh, just, you know, had not necessarily having uh, pieces that fit together perfectly, um, but he found a way to make it work. Louisville made a run to the Elite Eight. They did bow out uh, to Iowa in that round, but, you know, Louisville getting to the second weekend in, the, in a 12-loss season, um, that was going to be considered a success. Um, anything after that was going to be cake. Uh, and then the fact that they go ahead, they knock off Ole Miss, they get to the game last Sunday uh, before losing to just, a, you know, a better Iowa team. I mean, Kaitlyn Clark is on a mission. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the young lady had a 40-point triple-double against Louisville last Sunday. She goes out, puts up another 41 points, uh, what, eight assists, six rebounds against South Carolina. Uh, you know, a South Carolina team that, by the way, should not have lost and a South Carolina team that nobody should have beaten with the uh, amount of talent, the amount of size, um, you know, and, and the weapons at Don Staley's uh, um, disposal, should have found a way to win uh, the game. I, I thought that Iowa did the smart thing uh, packing the paint, but uh, if you don't have one or two shooters you can put out there on the perimeter and make Iowa guard you, Sometimes you got to adjust what you're doing. I, I was kind of disappointed in Don Staley's uh, game plan last night because I, I feel like it was a simple fix. I, I know that she has a couple of girls uh, on the bench that can knock down some jump shots. You have to sometimes adjust. If a team is going to just pack the paint like that and just dare you to shoot from the perimeter, sometimes you got to uh, you know adjust. And I know she wanted to have her best defenders and her big athletic um, you know, on-ball pressure defenders out there, but they weren't turning Iowa over. Iowa was, uh, was unbothered by the physicality 
Okay, so when that's not working, you got to adjust. And, uh, you know, Don Staley got a little bit stubborn. Uh, you know, we, we fussed about Rick Pitino a few years ago when, uh, you know, he had uh, Donovan Mitchell and that crew, and he refused to switch up from that man-to-man, that switching man-to-man in Michigan, just used that same set and kept switching and getting uh, Ding Adele uh, posted on on the little guy or whoever that was that was guarding. I think it was Dingadell. Um, that they just kept getting switched onto the big man, and then they tossed it down low and got layup after layup. And he never adjusted. Sometimes you gotta adjust, even if you think that what you're doing uh, is the best way to go about it. Sometimes you gotta adjust, man. And she just she didn't adjust. But it was an amazing game. Uh, Iowa moves on, and now they take on LSU and crazy old Kim Mulkey uh, for the national championship. Like. Does anybody really believe that LSU has a chance? Like, I feel like LSU's like the the Dollar General version of South Carolina. <laughs> like, I just, it, it, I feel like Iowa won the de facto national championship last night. Like, I, I just don't see any way that LSU is going to stay on that court with Iowa. I think this is Clay, Caitlin Clark's show. I think this is her season. I think she is one of the best three women's, or excuse me, best four women's basketball players that I've ever seen play. Um, just the excitement level uh, of that young lady and some of the things that she can do on the court are none short of outstanding. Jackie Styles is a name uh, that, that I hearken back to from the late 90s. Um, who was probably one of the most exciting players that I had ever seen. And Caitlin Clark has a lot of Jackie Styles in her. She can just she not only plays the game at an amazing level and can score unlike anybody in the game, but the way she passes the ball and the uh, and, and you know just her flair for the game. I don't know you know if you want to call her the women's pistol Pete. Um, the next Diana Taurasi, uh, but she's just special. So, you know, I I know <laughs> starting out with women's basketball is, is a very odd spot to start, but, man, it was a show that they put on last night. I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, and y'all know, man, I, I am an avid watcher of all things sports. So, uh, you know, I, I like to get a little bit of everything in, and that was just – it was wonderful. It was wonderful to see. Um, so, you know, good luck to Iowa. I hope they win it. Um, you know, I don't, Kim Mulkey, I do not like. Um, so I will be very happy watching her lose. South Carolina, I don't have a problem with. I, I like Don Staley. I like what she's done. Uh, not a big fan of Camila Cardoso, uh, the former Syracuse transfer that just basically decided to join the champs. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was kind of lame on her part. She could have went to several different teams and, and had a team that was good enough to challenge South Carolina for the title. And instead of doing that, she just kind of joined the super team. Um, so I was definitely not sad to see her lose. So, you know, good luck to South Carolina. I know they'll be right back at it next year. But, uh, uh, you know, hopefully Iowa can get it done. I just want to see something new. I like seeing new things. That's why I love what's going on on the men's side also. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't like the fact that so many of the quote-unquote blue bloods lost. Um, but I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Of course, today, 6 o'clock p.m., uh, things get tipped off uh, in the men's side uh, of the NCAA uh, tournament uh, Final Four. We have a couple of great matchups. Uh, the first matchup, of course, is going to be uh, the, the – I think it's a good warm-up, the San Diego State-Florida Atlantic uh, game. Of course, uh, you know, you have the, the, the mega showdown, I guess, at least because you have two – I don't want to say big brands because this is the first time Miami has ever been – to the final four, uh, but at least you have a power conference team, the ACC representative in Miami, 
uh, versus UConn, the four-time national champion, uh, which is kind of crazy. To, I, I always forget that UConn has four titles. Like, I know that they – I always think of three of those titles, but that, that third title um, that Jim Calhoun won always gets lost on me. And then, of course, we know what Kevin Ollie was able to pull – uh, a Shabazz Napier out and get that done. I still don't know really how that happened. That was Louisville's championship to win, in my personal opinion, but it didn't happen. And some kind of way, in uh, uh, UConn got it done. But you know, UConn looks like the favorite, of course, going into the weekend. But that being said. We've seen upsets this whole tournament. Like, this has been the craziest tournament. I've loved it. Um, I've loved the games. The games have been extremely competitive and extremely close. Outside of anybody who's playing UConn, uh, what UConn did to, to Gonzaga the other night, man. <laughs> like, they're just playing on the whole it, – it's, it's always crazy when UConn makes a run, right? Because it seems like when UConn has it and they have, quote-unquote, the team, they just look – like nothing's going to ever go wrong. Like that that's the way and this Yukon team has that same look. I mean, they're just pounding everybody. They're blowing out everybody. They blew out Arkansas. They blew out Gonzaga. Um, you know, that they, they seem to always have some dude out there shooting jump shots that just doesn't miss. You know, and then they also have a big guy down low that can get it done. Uh, you know, that they look great. And I think Sonogo and Hawkins and the rest of those guys, they're on a mission. But you know what? This has been the tournament of upsets. So would it really surprise you if Miami got it done today? I mean, you know, I know that UConn has been playing well. I know their defense has been outstanding. But in my personal opinion, I think that Miami definitely will be the best game that they've played thus far. Um, you know, that Arkansas team had talent, but they didn't have experience. They didn't have guys that were just died in the wool scores like Miami has. Uh, you know, when I think of Pack and Wong, what those guys can do in terms of spreading the floor, knocking down threes, being dynam- dynamic off the bounce, if you can attack Sonogo, get him into foul trouble, um, I think that greatly changes the dynamic of what UConn is. So I'm not conceding anything. Like, I've heard people just kind of just saying – you know, oh, UConn's going to get their fifth championship today or, or this year. And, oh, UConn's already done with it. They're going to w- walk away with it. Have we learned nothing from this tournament this year, people? Like, have we learned nothing? Have you not been paying attention? Like, there is nothing guaranteed and there is nothing conceded anywhere. Like, this, this, this is one tournament where we literally, you could see anything. Like, I think that there's a legit argument to be made for every team in the Final Four. Like, Florida Atlantic legit has a chance to win a title, y'all. You know, like, I know we've, had, we've seen some teams make some runs, but we knew George Mason wasn't going to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are certain teams where it's a nice story, but but we know Loyola Chicago isn't going to win a title. You know, like, there was no chance that those teams were going to win. Like, it was a nice story. It was a nice run for them to get there. But we knew that they weren't going to win. VCU, we knew VCU was not going to win a championship. You know, like, that's what's different. Yeah, UConn has looked good, and yeah, UConn has blown out some teams, but 
I don't think they're so much better than Miami that Miami can't beat them. And even if they make it to the final, I don't think that UConn's so good that, you know, San Diego State with their, you know, the <laughs> grown men, you know, the penitentiary league style basketball couldn't shut them down, lock them up and put them into a, a 55-50 grinder. You know, uh, the same thing with uh, the the same thing with uh, Florida Atlantic. You know, if a Florida Atlantic plays great defense, they have dynamic scorers just like Miami. They have they can score from multiple positions, and that big guy Golden, man, Golden has been. Now you want to talk about people talk about Sonogo, of course, but. You know, I, I mean, Golden has been nice. Their backup big guy has been nice. Um, you know, I mean, all of these teams have a legit shot. And all of these teams have balance. Like, this is the thing that I feel is changing. And this is where I watch what's happening on the court in the Final Four and I get worried about the University of Louisville men's basketball team. And I know some people will say, of course, you always have to route this back to Louisville. You hate Kenny Payne. You got problems with it. But I, I like seeing where the game is going. And I like seeing how the game is changing. And then I look at Louisville and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? And what are we doing to prepare for the new era of basketball? Um, and, and what I see is – this is the era of the transfer portal. Okay, this is the era era of veteran teams and veteran guys moving into new spots and, you know, solidifying and reinforcing a team that has some pieces, but you get all these veteran guys together, they can make a run. And that's what I see with all these teams in the Final Four. And while, you know, I, I love the fact that Louisville it has brought in some talent so far. You know, get, getting the transfer, uh, you know, of Sky Clark and bringing in a big guy like Dennis Evans and being able to go get a guy like Trenton Flowers, you know, that's nice and all, but I need Louisville to go get three or four grown men to go with those guys. They need to have experienced guys out there. And, and you know, I, I love the fact that Louisville's going out there. I love the fact that they're, they're in on a guy like Carter Bryant. I love the fact that they're in there punching to try to get Carter Knox away from UK. I love the fact that they're, they're doing all these things, but these teams have shown me what's in the Final Four. That's not going to be enough. Okay, it is about veterans. Look at these guys. Florida Atlantic is in the Final Four, y'all. San Diego State is in the Final Four. This isn't teams. There's not a single McDonald's All-American in the Final Four. And what I, I, I worry about, and we still have time. You know, uh, Nolan Smith came out yesterday and said, uh, you know, we have, some, uh, we have some big names coming in. And, of course, we saw a lot of people getting excited about that. We're back. Louisville's back. Louisville's back. It's like, well, let's, let's see who, who Louisville gets. I, last I checked, there hasn't been any commitments as of yet. So, you know, I, I, I love the excitement. But let's see what happens because I know what is working right now. And right now I believe there's about 1,300, 1,400 names in the transfer portal, something crazy like that. Um and it's been kind of quiet for the last two, three weeks uh, on the Louisville side in terms of transfers. We know that Louisville is focusing in on some guys, but most of the guys that Louisville's looking at are, are young players that, you know, tend to have a little bit more size and length. But I, I would like to see a couple of graduate transfer type guys. 
some three- or four-year players that have a lot of experience because I know that's what's helping these teams be successful this year. And while you can go out there and get the high upside young guy, that's not necessarily what's winning in college basketball. So, you know, I, I'm not going to go out there and and naysay and be negative and say Louisville's not going to get it done, but I'm watching what's happening. I'm waiting for actual news. I don't want to listen to hype. I want to listen to actuality. And I tell you what, we already have text jumping in. And it's going to be a heavy text day. Y'all know if, if Haven's not in here, I, I will run my mouth. And Haven, of course, is going to give us a call in a little bit. But I, I love you guys' text, and I love your input. Uh, texter f- at uh, 502-414-1450. Uh, texter says, I'm bullish on them Miami boys. They play like dogs. I think they are winning it all. Hey, I'm telling you. Like that, the um, the big man, you know, the the five seven five eight big guy from Miami. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. The way that guy plays, the way he's able to rebound the ball and be that threat that's both mobile and physical. And you put those guy that guy around those dynamic playmakers from Miami. Um, like. That dude is a problem. That team is a problem. Just the way they put it all together is unbelievable. Uh, you know, I I think that Miami has a legit shot. Like I said, I think all of these teams have a legit shot. There's nobody. There's nobody that's left out there um, that I feel doesn't have um, a legit chance to win it all. Uh, you know, this this Miami team um, is is very very talented. Okay. Um, you know, uh, now hold on. The, the the big guy Amir. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the guy. Um, uh, Nick Amir is a monster. I mean, his ability at six seven, six eight to go out there, grab you a bunch of rebounds, be physical, give Miami that versatility. And the young man that that not enough people are talking about, that kid Miller, um, kind of the the rangy forward. I mean, like when you talk about Trenton Flowers, that's what you want to see uh, from Trenton Flowers. Jordan Miller, uh, you know, at, at his size is six seven. His ability uh, to bo- both be, uh, you know, effective in the paint, aggressively rebounding the basketball, aggressively attacking the, the basket, could finish. The kid was 7 of 7 from the field, 13 of 13 from the free throw line. Like, while people talk about Pack and Wong, Miller was outstanding. But once again, you know what, what, what uh, Miller is? He's a senior. He's a senior transfer. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, Miami went out there and got the best transfers that money could buy. Literally, okay. They went and uh, paid to send, you know, sent the bag to Nigel Pack. They went out there. They got Miller to come transfer in, and these guys paid huge dividends. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is what you got to do. Um, you know, and, and I think that right there is is what we're talking about, man. You you have to go out there and get some grown men in college basketball in 2020. And wow, I love the whole. You know, it's about these kids and all that stuff. You know, we uh, KP loves to do the Calipari soundbite thing with the, that's about these kids, and, and I love that and all. Um, but you got to go out there and get some veterans, man. You know, all these young guys, all these young players. Like, that was the way that people were trying to win in 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. Trying to win, of course, because a veteran-led Louisville team won in 2013, by the way. But that was the way that they were trying to win in the early 2010s. Okay, and that's not the way the game is played now. That's not what. That's not the straw that stirs the drink now. 
Uh, and we have to be able to understand and see where the game is going and understand what's successful. And I know, you know, Kenny says that, you know, he's about trying to find kids that are dream chasers that want to make it to the NBA and want to do all that. And while that's fine and good, um, Louisville's also about winning basketball games. And, and, and right now, the way that wins and the style that wins is bringing in veteran guys. So I think that Louisville's going to have to – we'll have to see what happens. You know, Davion McKnight was a name that, that was brought out early, uh, former Kentucky Mr. Basketball, uh, played four years uh, at WKU, was very successful at WKU. It was thought that he was either going to be returning to, to Western or he was going to enter the transfer portal and come to L. Apparently Louisville has not been – they have not made McKnight feel as if he's wanted because right now McKnight's looking to set up uh, three or four visits, and none of those are to Louisville. Um, so I think that clearly states that, you know, Kenny Payne is looking at other directions for other guys that maybe have higher potential upside for the NBA, maybe younger guys that have higher potential. But once again, de- the guys like Davion McKnight are what wins right now in college basketball. So, I mean, I just – I'm worried, y'all. Like, I, I, I know <laughs> – that people will try to try to wrap that in the whole, oh, well, you just don't like them, so you're just trying to be negative. But I, I'm watching the games. I'm watching what's winning. I'm watching. I, for as bad as this year was, and as little, I probably watched less regular season basketball in college this year than I have ever because of how bad Louisville was, and I just didn't want to put up with it. I've watched almost every NCAA tournament game. And I am seeing what's winning. I'm seeing the winning formula out there. And I'm worried that we're trying to not follow that formula. Like, I like, I love the, the talent that, that Louisville's brought in, but I, I feel to finish things off, you need to get two, three, four veteran guys to go with that talented group if you want to get it done. Uh, back to the uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, texter says, good morning, wake up 502, main event. It's story time. He said, I saw L, JJ, Kamari, and Mike James at a restaurant last night. And I sat near them, and all I heard was them laughing about how they was burnt on defense, how Bellerman torched us, on and on laughing. Uh, so to say all of that, uh, to say this, flip the whole roster. <laughs> well, I don't know if that if I, I don't know why they would be sitting there talking about, man, we got busted by Bellerman. <laughs> I hope that's not true. <laughs> like, if you're just sitting around laughing about, God, man, we sucked last year. <laughs> like, that would just be... That would be very disheartening. Uh, I, I would really hope that they, they 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 would not just be sitting there laughing about that. Um, but, I mean, look, everybody knows that, that Louisville wasn't great last year. Everybody knows that Louisville only won four games last year. The, what we do is, and what we hope is, that the guys that do return, guys like J.J., okay, guys like Mike James, who both those guys seem to be coming back, you hope that those guys put in the work to get better. You hope that they remember what happened this year and use that as motivation to get better. But then you also hope that the roster construction and what this team needs uh, to put together to be successful, the coaching staff does that. I mean, that that's, that's where we're at, okay? And, you know, the NCAA tournament, when you're outside on the outside looking in and you're Coach Kenny Payne and you're Nolan Smith and your guys, you have to be watching what's happening in these games and watching – 
what other teams are doing to be successful. And that kind of gives you a blueprint for, okay, I see this guy over here did this, and I see this team did that, and I like what this team is doing with this, so maybe this is the direction we need to go in. And that's the only thing that you can hope is that the coaching staff is watching what's going on and they're adjusting and moving accordingly. Now, what you know, what what's that going to look like, and you know, what's going to happen? I don't know. You know, there are some guys that are already making their decisions. Uh, huge name went into the portal yesterday. Hunter Dickinson, the center from Michigan. A lot of people got mad at me because I put the eyeball emojis out on Twitter uh, <laughs> that Hunter Dick- Dickinson was entering entering the portal, and they just got mad at me. They're like, "Dude, don't be put, don't don't tweet about stuff like that." Like. Why are you getting mad at me for putting up eyeball emojis? That's the fact that Hunter Dickinson is entering the portal. Okay, that was not for me to suggest that Louisville was going to be in on Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson, uh, I don't know if Louisville would even want Hunter Dickinson, um, even though he's an 18 and 10 guy who can go for 25 and is probably the best big man in all of college basketball. I don't know if that's a guy that we would even want to look at. Um, but, I mean, it's a huge name. Like, Hunter Dickinson, wherever he goes – the, that team is probably going to be a preseason top 10, top 15 team. I mean, unless he just goes to a god-awful team, which I don't think is going to happen. But, I mean, you know, but people have talked about possibility of Georgetown or Maryland or Virginia being at the top of his list because he's from um, that, that area. You know, he's from the D.C. area. If he decides to go that route, if he goes to, um, say, Kevin Willard in Maryland, that's huge. I mean, if, if if Kevin Willard can get his hands on a guy like Hunter Dickinson, Maryland's a top ten, top fifteen preseason team next year. Uh, you know, Ed Cooley's down at Georgetown now. I don't know where that puts Georgetown, considering how bad they were under uh, Patrick Ewing. But if you put Hunter Dickinson there, that they're a team that's going to get votes for a top twenty-five. You know, uh, uh, same thing if they go to Virginia. If you you think that you you think that Virginia is not gonna, I mean, Hunter Dickinson's perfect for what uh you know what 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 uh, Bennett's trying to do at Virginia. He's perfect. The high hedge, a big guy that you can just throw the ball down to. Are you kidding? Come on, I mean, you know. So I mean, Hunter Dickinson, that's just a big name. Like I am a fan of college basketball. I know the, the movers and the shakers. So, I mean, that's a huge name. Don't get mad at me about that. But I tell you what, man, we're going to go ahead. We're going to hump to uh, hop to our first break. Okay, when we get back on the other side, have plenty more. We have your text. Make sure you give us a call in. Uh, 502-384-1450 is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Of course, you can continue to send your text in 502-414-1450. Haven Hanson will be along a little bit later. This is Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers on the Big X. We start the Harlem River quiver. Diggin' sweet daddy, chopping the crimson blade, high Sierra serenade, anatomy for seduction, be this ebony yeah, junction. the place with grace, just the armor rather than burst in the clouds, it pours, everything seems better on flats with love.
And welcome back, welcome back into Wake Up 502, Little Souls of Mischief, 93 until uh, coming back here. Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Uh, still got the text rolling in fast and furious. I appreciate you guys uh, for checking in, uh, being a part of the show today. Uh, have so many things to continue to get into, but I uh, do want to jump right back to the text line. Uh, texter says, um, uh, he says, this is the only year all these old dudes work. They have been in college uh, because they weren't good enough to go pro. I still want young, high talent. Um, I mean, you know what? But this is this is a whole new world, right? Like, th- this is what we've seen with the transfer portal. This is what we've seen with NIL. This is one of the things that we talked about. I, I It's not about necessarily, yes, are, are all these guys good enough to go pro? No, I mean, you know, if if you look at it right now, this was not a great year for freshmen around the country, okay? And yet and still, when you go to, like, let's just look up nbadraft.net, okay? Let's just go ahead. I'm going to do this on the fly. I have my, uh, my, my mock draft coming up here, okay? Understand this. Okay, when you this was not a great year for freshmen across the country, right? Like outside of Brandon Miller um, from Alabama, what freshman really, really was a big time impact? I mean, Cal Filipowski was all right, but it's not really a big man's game, right? That's why Oscar Sheepway came back. Uh, You know that that's why um, uh, the big guy from North Carolina, uh, the you know big goofy, I can't think of his name. He's coming back again. Uh, You know, so while. Big men being good is okay. That's not really what plays. Look at these these names that, that are out here, okay? You look at uh, Taylor Hendricks, a freshman from uh, UCF. Uh, you look at uh, Nick Smith, Anthony Black going sixth and seventh overall. Those guys had okay years for Arkansas. They weren't great. Grady Dick, freshman from Kansas. Uh, okay, not great. Understand this. While all these freshmen, G.G. Jackson from South Carolina, all those dudes were okay. They didn't really do anything to win. So while Louisville can go out there and get these kids, they're not really winning. They're not really doing anything. They're not really impacting. And that's one of the things with this uh, this 2023 recruiting class is that, you know, it was talked about during the McDonald's All-American game, which I'm going to get into a little bit later on. It was talked about the fact that, you know, this is one of the weaker classes that we've seen, you know. And if you watch the McDonald's All-American game, you kind of saw that, right? Um, there aren't any guys that are going to be, you know, it, that, that 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 means that they're okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they're going to be all right. They can be helpful. Like, we saw a lot of guys that will be solid. I love the kid Omaha Baloo. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a very nice, solid part. Um, and and uh, the texter says, you know, that, that means uh, Cal's team is going to be a bust. Um, I think that Cal's team is going to need either some of these guys to come back I think Austin, uh, or, or Antonio Reeves, I almost said Austin Reeves. Uh, Antonio Reeves is going to be a guy that I know it's been said that, you know, he may look to go on or move on or transfer or go pro or something. I think Calipari needs to tell Antonio Reeves, look, man, we need you to come back. Um, because, yeah, if you go out there with DJ Wagner and Robert Dillingham, if he does decide to come to campus, and uh, Edwards and, and Justin Edwards and the rest of these guys, um, 
Team like the, there's no Demarcus Cousins in this group. There's no John Wall. All these guys are solid, but they are not spectacular. And if you try to put these kids like that, there's no Anthony Davis in this group. There's no Michael Kidd Gilchrist. There's no um, Carl Anthony Towns. That's the, they're not on that level. You know, there's a couple of guys that I think have an opportunity to be pretty good with uh, Baloo being right at the top and uh, Ron Holland, the the athletic kid going to Texas. I, I like him. Um, you know, <laughs> Bronny James, it was at least showed he could hit, hit a jump shot, you know, and he plays hard, plays like a coach's son, you know. But I, I, I this is not going to be a year like the freshmen this year weren't great, like we saw that. And this year's freshman class was considered to be better than this one. I know they said 24 is a little bit better than 23. But that being said, when Trenton Flowers reclassified from 24, he was a five-star in 24, moved to 23, and his rating dropped to like a four-star. He was like mid-30s. Like, I would have thought that considering they thought the 24 class was better than the 23 class, with Trenton Flowers sitting at like 23 or 24 in the 2024 class, hell, I thought that when he, he reclassified 23, he may have moved into the top 15. Right. With with what they've said, like that makes sense. If the 24 class is better than 23, then that would stand to reason that Trenton Flowers, who was rated a five star in 24 class, would have been a higher rated prospect. Like for whatever reason, they don't think that he's there. Um, you know, I hope that he's better than that. I know he puts out a lot of videos of him dunking and doing all these offensive moves. And while all that's fine and good, I need to know if you can guard a position. Like you, you want to call yourself a two guard and say that, that you're a shooting guard, you're a big guard and all this, that, and the third. Can you guard? Can you defend a, a two? Can you defend a wing? Can you move your feet good enough to stay in front of somebody? Like if you can't do that, you're not a two. So we'll see. You know, I, I hope he can do that, but I don't know. But, I mean, when you look at, at, the, at these guys and, you know, what, what the NBA wants and what the NBA is looking for and what wins right now in college basketball, it's two completely different things, okay? And, and that's what you have to understand is that the game is changing, you know? And, and if you don't understand that, like, to me, it's great that Kenny Payne wants to do the Calipari thing and be like, it's all about these kids and it's not about me and it's about finding the next group of guys that want to be NBA players. I mean, that's fine and good. But, A, you've got to be able to get the amount of talent that Cal gets, okay? And while Louisville's off to a, a decent start and people want to keep throwing around this, you know, Louisville has three, five stars and all that stuff, what Louisville has right now, you know, is not what Kentucky has, okay? Like, I saw some people trying to compare Louisville's recruiting class to Kentucky's recruiting class. And while this is not the greatest 2023 class, um, Kentucky's recruiting class is still way better than Louisville's. Like, let's, let, let's, not, let's not go overboard. Like, what Louisville has right now with these young people um, – that's not going to be enough to be successful, okay? I, I think that they're, it's a good start, um, but they need to get some veteran ball handlers in there. Like, I don't think Sky Clark by himself is enough. I don't. Like, I, I, I think that you're going to have to have some guys that have been around the block, some guys that can get down in the stance and defend, 
Like, that's one of the things that's been an overriding factor in a lot of this, right, is the fact that the thing about veteran players, not only are they experienced in terms of being able to score, but the physicality in which they play with, the the defensive mindset, uh, the way they're able to kind of be tough. You know, I think that's one of the things that was really lacking from this Louisville team this year is that focused, connected toughness, that physicality, the experience to understand how you're able to help and to recover and just be an adult. I mean, look at San Diego State. San Diego State is one of the worst offensive teams I've ever seen. Like, they, what they do on offense is almost by accident. Like, them dudes – don't you know they don't shoot it necessarily very well they kind of have to scramble to kind of generate offense a lot of times but you know what they do they're very tough they're very physical they're very connected and they defend the hell out of the ball that's what happens when you have grown men 23 and 24 years old you know um and i think that's that right there is what Louisville was lacking last year. And with the guys that you have this year, you're you know, kind of going down that same path. Now, it's not over with yet. Like I said, I don't know what Louisville's going to do with these last three spots. You know, I mean, that, that's going to be the question, is what's going to happen with these last several spots. And that's going to probably be the tail of the tape for how good this team can be next year. And, and don't get it twisted. This has to be a tournament team. Like, like with Louisville cannot have back-to-back years, especially with now, you know, people look at a team that has, quote-unquote, three, f- five stars in the recruiting class, four or five stars overall if you count Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Um, a team with this much talent, I've heard, you know, you can't miss a tournament with this much talent. On top of the fact that you had a four-win team last year, so you've got to go out and do better. So, you know, it's going to be expected that this Louisville team makes the NCAA tournament um, because of the issues of last year and the talent coming in. But if you want to get that done, you've got to get some guys in there. Yeah, maybe they they aren't the highest potential NBA draft prospects. Maybe they don't have the length. Maybe they don't have a 6'10 wingspan. Maybe they're not 6'7 or 6'6. But you know what? They know how to play basketball and they know how to win. Like, that matters. Let's have the talent, but let's have some experience as well. Um, you know, and, and I hope that happens. Uh, Texter says, Myers, you really don't like KP. Stop moving the goalposts. How, what, how am I moving the goalposts? The goalposts ain't moved. The goalpost is make the NCAA tournament. Like, that's the goalpost. That's not moving. Well, what am I moving? That's the, that's the goal. After you have a 4-28 and 28 season, 10 wins, 12 wins is not going to be good enough. You need to make the NCAA tournament, okay? And like I said, if if Louisville's on the bubble and they're like the first team out, then maybe that's good enough. You know, if you can couple that with having some guys like Carter Bryant and Car- Carter Knox are coming in as well as understanding what you need to do in the portal to get some guys to help out next year, uh, you know, then maybe that's good enough to get you by and get you a third season. But I'm not moving the goalposts. I am talking about the formula that f- from watching the NCAA tournament this year, I'm watching what's working. I'm seeing the names going into the portal. I'm seeing the guys that seemingly have had success. I mean, we've had kids that were Division II All-Americans jump into some of these mid-major teams and make them factors. We've seen guys that were players of the year in the CAA and the MAAC move and become rotational guys in Power 5 teams and make those teams legit. Okay? This is where we are. 
Okay, I'm not moving the goalpost. All I'm saying is, is that I'm worried that the formula in which we are trying to lo- to use is not going to work. The same concerns that I had last year are the same concerns I'm voicing right now. Last year it was all about the fact that Louisville just didn't have enough guards um, was one of the main concerns and the fact that it was so quiet and, you know, we really weren't getting any news. And then it turned out that Louisville just wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Because they were sulking because they couldn't get Malachi Smith and and Nigel Pack and and Tyrese Hunter. (laughs) Like, you can't just not do anything because you don't get the guys at the top of your wish list. Like, you still have to go ahead and, you know, get your backup guys. You know, your guys like Sean East and Sean McNeil and, uh, you know, guys like that that could have helped this Louisville team last year. So, you know, it's still early, but it's getting later by the day. It's April 1st. You know, this is the same spot that we're in, you know. Now, when the dead period ends, like right now, uh, we're in a dead period. The dead period ends, I believe it is April the 6th, okay? So right now, we can't, you know, we won't hear any news. We won't hear, hear <clears throat> excuse me, hear any news of any commitments, anything right like that. Um, kids can reach out to coaches. Coaches can't reach out to players right now. Uh, you know, I'm not sure – the the rules if things differ between what goes on with high school prospects versus transfer prospects i don't know if the dead period for high school is the same as the dead period for transfers i mean because we hear transfers dropping jumping into the portal and those guys are committing even during the dead period so um i think that if kids decide that they know where they want to go and they want to commit they can still do that uh but it's just the contact period with the coaches and visits to campus can't happen right now um, but, you know, I, I'm not moving the goalposts. All I'm saying is, is that once again, I am seeing I, I'm doing what you're supposed to do. OK, if, if you're the head of a company, um, you know, you have to project where the business is going. OK, you're not looking backwards into what ha- used to work and how things used to be in the good old days. you got to look forward to what works now and what is needed now to be successful in business. Okay, and that's what I'm looking at with this basketball team is that I'm seeing what is coming and I'm seeing what's happening right now. And, you know, the, the new hot thing that's working and, and that's where I'm making my uh, my my projections and my thoughts. And, 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 you know, that that's what I'm looking at. And I'm seeing where Louisville is and I'm looking at where they need to be going. Uh, uh, Texter also says, um, you know, L is coming back. Right. There's not L Ellis has put his name and submitted his name in the NBA draft. Okay. L. Ellis also said he's going to maintain his eligibility and will decide whether or not he's going to put his name in the portal. Okay. L. Ellis said that. Okay. I know that, uh, what, about a month before the end of the year, L. Ellis was quoted as saying, I'm either going to go pro or I'm coming back to Louisville. Well, that stance has changed. Okay, when he made the announcement that he was going to, uh, you know, go ahead and make his uh, self available for the NBA draft, he did also mention there's a possibility he could enter the transfer portal if he comes back. So um, L is not a guy that you can that that you can hang your hat on right now. Um, it would be great. Like a, a Scott Clark L. Ellis backcourt makes me feel a lot better because L. Ellis is one of those grown men. Now, you know, defensively, he still leaves a lot to be desired. But I think one of the big reasons that he did not play, you know, very physical on-ball defense, even though he's not necessarily been a great defender since he's been here, is because he carries so much of the offensive load that he has to stay on the court. 
So he can't really get up in some guy's face and grab and pull and, and do those types of things because he can't get into foul trouble. Like Louisville needed him playing 35-plus minutes every night to even have a shot. So, you know, I don't hold all of those defensive deficiencies against him, uh, but he's still going to have to be a lot better, especially if you think that Louisville's going to have more options out there. Okay, but, you know, I, I do caution people. Understand this. Trenton Flowers, the guy that everybody's so excited about, and I am excited for him as well. Um, he's rated about the same spot that Kamari Lands was last year coming in to the recruiting class. Kamari Lands averaged, what, four points, two boards, and now he's in the transfer portal. And I'm not saying that that's going to be Trenton Flowers. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is understand that those two guys were about in the same area in terms of where they were sitting in their recruiting class. So while everybody loves the hype and everybody loves all the talk, man, it just keep things in perspective. And that's always been my thing. I've been doing this recruiting thing for a very long time. Um, so, you know, the, the biggest thing you want to do is keep it all in perspective. Understand, um, you know, that the hype and the talk is just talk, man. You still got to go out there and do it. Okay, and I know everybody is very hungry to get back and to see Louisville back on top, as am I. But, you know, we got to see it. Uh, Ted Texas says, I'm just telling you about L. He ain't going nowhere. Okay, yeah, that, I'm glad that you know L personally and know he not only is not going pro, but that you know he's coming back. I hope that's fine. I hope that's the truth. I hope you are actually L. Ellis's burner phone. But uh, once again, <laughs> Once again, I'll see it, uh, you know, when it happens. I'll believe it when it happens. I would love to see L. Ellis come back, okay? But pretty much anybody in the know, pretty much nobody thinks he's coming back. I'm just going to put it like that. That doesn't mean that they know more than you. You may have the direct line and have had L. Ellis tell you that he's coming back. That very well could be possible. But pretty much anybody, especially on, on the media side, nobody is – thinking that L. Ellis is coming back. So I, I'll just leave it at that. But I tell you what, man, it's, I, we're already at the top of the hour. I expect Haven Harrington to be uh, calling my way uh, soon, uh, at, at, you know, as we head into hour number two. Um, so many things to get into. Of course, uh, Louisville football uh, is back on the practice field. Open practice, y'all. It's got, it just got started about uh, 10, 12 minutes ago. So if you want to go out there and uh, be a part of the proceedings, um, you know, make sure you get out there, um, you know, to check out Jack Plummer. Um, I've heard he's been outstanding. Check out Caleb Johnson. Uh, the quarterback, young quarterback that came in last year. I don't know if we'll see Pierce Clarkson out there. He's been in a walking boot. He had a foot injury um, that he's been nursing back to health. It's been said that he may be back for the, the second portion uh, of spring practice. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if, if there's some some news coming out of that, having a lot, hearing a lot of uh, big names and uh, a lot of things going on from guys that, that are hopeful. I mean, this little football team, you want to talk about now, while – the talk is just talk on the basketball side. Let me tell you something. This Louisville football team is starting to get a lot of consideration. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into some of this Lamar Jackson contract negotiations and the magic trick uh, that the uh, that the NFL owners and NFL in general are, are playing on the consciousness and now have people actually buying into the garbage that they're selling. But we're going to talk about that and much, much more on the other side. This is Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers, WXVW, Big X Sports Radio, and we'll be back on the Big X.
just like music. Uh huh, yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, baby. Just like music. To relax my mind so I can be free and absorb the sound that keep me round. Doing my thing constantly with no worries. Peace to keep Murray. Just like music. To keep me flowing, to keep me going, to keep me growing, to keep me to eat from knowing what happens out there is not my concern. You wanna die, it's not my turn. Just like music. To do something to me like jumping the Mercedes on the highway. Doing over 80 without music, baby. Ow. Just like music. Make me call my homie on the phone like there's something new out that got me in the zone. Just that feeling got me. I wish music can adopt me. Just like music. 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 And welcome back. Welcome back. Hour number two. Just like music. Eric Sermon coming back to you. Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM. Your boy Rashawn Myers take care of you this morning. Uh, we are jumping right back to it, man. It's been going on. I appreciate all the uh, calls and texts. Right, mainly texts this morning. We got. Uh, we're going to get to the uh, wake up five hundred two buzz line uh, right here in uh, just a second. Um, but uh, you know, make sure you continue to send those in five zero two four one four fourteen fifty for the Thorns text line. But we are going to jump on the wake up five hundred two buzz line right now. We got Jay Has on the line. Jay, how you doing this morning, brother? Good morning, good morning, good morning, brother. How you doing, man? Doing fine, sir. Oh, good, good, good. What you got for me? What I got for you is all about sports. I got some things that's, that's just been bothering me all week, and uh, and it makes sense to me. I have said it several times on our 96.1. Uh, let me just get with this Lamar Jackson thing, and, and I was talking to you the other night about it and uh, about the leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have a lot of leverage, um, which we know is wrong. What the Baltimore's are doing, and this is and that. And another thing too is a lot of his faults on Lamar Jackson with not having a legitimate agent. But I understand that. Um, I just think that the media is really, really um, scrutinizing this young man because this young man has never been in trouble in the National Football League. First of all. Uh, kudos to Lamar on that, and never had a traffic ticket. It just seems to me that they're just diminishing his his character, man. Um, how the way they just just talking and destroying him like that, man. I think it's so wrong, but but that's what media does. Uh, if me and you play ball with Shire, we do the same thing to me and you. Uh, if we did something bad or whatever, but um, but I just think that. Um, Lamar needs to uh, play kind of just lay back, stay out of the media a little bit. Uh, whatever team that he did develop for his uh, uh, team that he needs to do, whatever, uh, let it fruition, man. Do what you can do, go on and then with this master plan, whatever you're ready to do. And I think that Lamar needs to sit out the whole year, uh, the whole entire year, let the Ravens go zero and eight, zero and nine, whatever. Don't make the playoffs or whatever. Um, and then they'll see how very valuable this uh, most valuable player was in the third year of his season at uh, Baltimore Ravens. Well, I, I tell you what, Jay. I want you to listen to this. This is what uh, what Jalen Rose had to say 
uh, about the whole Lamar Jackson situation. All right, now listen to this real quick and tell me what you think. All right, all right, yeah, so check us out. Paylamar.com. Ever since the guy got drafted and didn't get a traditional agent and feed the system and didn't switch positions after winning the Heisman Trophy at Louisville, like some NFL aficionados and media suggested, had to sit there and watch Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield all go ahead of him in the draft. Has seen Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills get paid, who has a physical running style as a quarterback too. 15 to 20 teams should be moving mounds to get him. His jersey sales in multiple cities would skyrocket. He, along with Patrick Mahomes, the most electrifying quarterbacks at that position. The collusion is stopping Lamar from getting paid because he's not feeding just the good old boys network the money that they want to get a percentage of his contract. What a shame. So, so hey, and right there, I think that Jalen, and, and thank you, Jalen Rose, that came from his uh, from his Twitter page. Um, I think that's what it comes down to, Jay. I, I don't think it's about I, – I think that people say that he needs to get an agent, but I think the fact that he doesn't have an agent is one of the reasons that Lamar has been given such a hard time, is that Lamar tried to do things that, that bucked the system. He didn't want to go out there and get a traditional agent. He didn't want to go out there and play the NFL's game. Like and he's gone out there, and to his credit, in my personal opinion, he has called out the NBA or NFL. He's called out the Baltimore Ravens, and he's not going to sit there and play their game. And they cannot stand it. Let me tell you something about these these NFL owners. Okay, they aren't used to, and they don't like when people that look like us try to dictate terms. They want things to go the way that they that, that they want them to go. Okay, and because Lamar does not want to play their game, they are making things as difficult as possible on him. Not a lot, and not only that, but just the simple fact that they don't want to get into this situation of having to play, to pay elite players, you know, fully guaranteed or close to fully guaranteed deals. So with a guy who has you know, kind of thumbed his nose at the system and said, "Screw you, I'm not going to do it your way." Yes, they are making it as hard for him as possible. Uh, but but I, I, I give Lamar credit for that because, you know, it's easy to kind of just fall in line, bow your head, and do things the easy way to keep those people happy, you know. But 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 I, I hope he sticks with it. As you said, I hope he sits out. I hope that the Baltimore Ravens are sitting at 0-5, 0-6. Their fan base is going crazy and getting upset. That's going to be the only leverage he has at this point. If they want to continue to assassinate his character in the media and they want to continue to try to make this his fault, I would sit there and allow them to, you know, just basically run themselves into a wall. And at that point, he has all the leverage. I, I love it, man. Let's summarize it up. What Jake was first said, man. I, I will say I, I'm all in agreement with it. Uh, another thing, too, Sean, that, uh, that resonate my brain as well, too. So many things just resonate my brain. It just it's like a eating some oatmeal cookies. <laughs> but but let's talk. Switch real quick. I'm gonna let you go. Let's talk real quick about this Yorba basketball program. Yes, sir. Uh, upcoming upcoming season, 2023 and 24 season. Uh, they have three Madonna All-Americans already on the team, 24. And uh, 
uh, to make a long story short, Nolan Smith tweeted out. Remember last year he tweeted that the Cavalry's coming because we, when I talked to him, he told us that the Cavalry's coming. Oh, I heard. It. He tweeted and said, "We this ready to go down. We're not going to mention the name. We got some big, big, big players coming." Now, Nolan, you said this last year, sir. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. You was in Patrick Henry's classroom. I have no clue. I, I don't know. But um, you said this last year, sir, and you was false on that. Um, but I, I, I have to see if Kenny can coach these but not all Americans. We have to see. Um, kudos to, to my girls. You know, it's a little. But I like LSU winning the tournament tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon. LSU. Oh, you think girls. so? Yeah. Jay, I, I think I was going to dog walk LSU. I know. I know they can shoot. They can shoot. <laughs> God, they can shoot. God, they can shoot. Yeah, LSU, LSU is the budget version of South Carolina, and I would beat the yeah. real South Carolina. I, I, I personally just think this is – I think this is Caitlin Clark's year, man. She's putting up 40. She's going to put up 40 on LSU tomorrow. Or, uh, yeah, 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 on tomorrow. Sunday. She's ridiculous, man. She's ridiculous. But I, I know you love you some Angel Reese. You know what I'm saying? But I can't stand LSU's coach. I hate Kim Mulkey. I don't like her. She's a, she's, a, she's an evil woman. She's a jerk. She talked crazy about Louisville when Louisville beat them, when Louisville beat Baylor, when she was at the Baylor coach. So I, I cannot cheer for that woman. Like, I like Angel Reese, and I like a lot of those young ladies for LSU, but I'm sorry. As long as you got – What are you trying uh, to say? She's the wicked of That is Cruella DeVille, bro. That, that, that is, she's the one that, that tries to find all the Dalmatian puppies and turn them into uh, boots and, and jackets. <laughs> I can't stand that woman. So I can't I can't chip LSU, Jay. I can't do it. I can't do it. Rashad, there's so much going on, man. Around the corner, we, we have, you know, from right around the corner, we have the uh, yeah. Kentucky Derby's around the corner. We have spring practice around the corner. Yes, sir. And yeah. Louisville is going to be playing Indiana in Indianapolis in September. I know it. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Wow! 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 I'm excited, man. You know. Yeah, I, say, I mean, you know, this is the this is the this is the time when we shine, Jay. You know, I have so many things coming up. You got uh, Thunder over Louisville coming up. You got the the spring game that's going to be happening. You're going to have all the galas and parties going down. You know, we'll be a big part of that. So yeah, there's a lot lot upcoming. There's a whole bunch upcoming. Well, you know, I'll tell you this. I'm going to let you go. Circle the Bluegrass emailed me yesterday. Okay. And I talked to Miss Kathy for about 20 minutes. She was so delighted to hear from me after so many years in COVID. Yeah. And so where have I been at? Where the guys been at? So the guys are doing extremely well. Uh, they have done great since the last time you have talked to see them. Yes. I'll be so glad to see that her game was so far. Her game is kind of like ways out, Rashawn. Yeah, yeah. With a rose. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love the Silks of the Bluegrass. It's been one of the uh, one of the great uh, establishments that we've been a part of, and had the opportunity to come out there and patronize them. And they they work with one of the the best charities, um, Operation Open Arms, here in, in the city of Louisville. So definitely appreciate uh, them and everything that we do. So hopefully we'll get to party with them a little bit this year. Oh man, I just I just cracked all the way up, man. When I just thought it's not this good, man. It's just 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 one of a kind, man. Yes, but listen, man, I want to know, sir. Um, there's always going on a sports show, ninety six one, the Big X, Rashad Myers, David Anton, 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm out of here. Hey, appreciate it, Jay, man. Have a good one, dog. Uh, and th- there we go. Jay has checking in, man. I know <laughs> the the Lamar Jackson situation weighs heavily on Jay's head, y'all. Can y'all can y'all tell he 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 worries about Lamar a lot? But you know, I think that Jalen Rose got it right. You know, anytime you have a a guy who wants to buck the system, okay, you're gonna get pushed back. And you know, th- those NFL owners. Act like some other kind of owners that, that y'all know from back in the day. <laughs> they don't like it when people that look like us kind of, you know, start feeling ourselves to think that we being a little too uppity. So I, I think that that definitely has something to do with it. Um, and, and I think that it also just has to deal with the greed. I mean, you know, the, the richest sports franchises are the NFL, but they're also the only sports franchise that does not give fully guaranteed contracts. Um, and they don't want to give fully guaranteed contracts. They want to keep all that money in their pocket, but it's crazy. The magic trick, y'all got to understand, man, the NFL is using a magic trick to dupe people into doing their job for them, and the magic trick is trying to make everything seem like this is about Lamar Jackson and the agent, and they want you to pay attention to the headline of Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. Lamar doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have an agent. That's why it's not getting done. Once again, I tell you the hypocrisy of that comment just by the simple fact that Roquan Smith also does not have an agent. And that also did not stop the Baltimore Ravens from making him the highest paid linebacker in the history of the NFL. This year literally happened as soon as the season ended. Like I think the second day after the Ravens were eliminated, they made Roquan Smith the highest paid linebacker ever. So it's not about not having an agent because Roquan didn't have an agent. It came down to the fact that they don't want to pay Lamar Jackson $230, $220, $200 million guaranteed. They, that's what it comes down to. It doesn't have anything to do with the agent. That is the simple you know, that is the simple headline that they want to keep feeding to the media and they want to keep feeding to all of the outlets to continue to talk about, to act like that's why it's not getting done. Lamar doesn't understand his value. Lamar doesn't understand. If Lamar had an agent, he would understand how much he's worth and he would understand it. No. First of all, he is a 26-year-old former unanimous MVP that's in the prime of his career. As Jalen Rhodes said, uh, probably if at worst one of the two or three most exciting players at the quarterback position in the NFL in his prime. He won, he's won more games before the age of 25 than anybody in NFL history. Um, he's one of the more accomplished passers inside the pocket in the NFL, which people don't want to talk about. And secondly, he never takes hits when he runs. Okay, Tyreek Hill and, and, and a lot of the other NFL guys came out and said, you know what, Lamar never takes a hit square. Okay, when he runs, he either runs out of bounds, gets down, um, or it's a glancing blow to kind of to, to take him to the ground. Okay, he's not running a physical style like a Cam Newton. He's not running a physical style like a Josh Allen. He's not running uh, a physical style like a Jalen Hurts. That's not how he plays. Okay, and both times he got hurt. He got hurt in the pocket because of a below average pass uh, pass blocking offensive line. That's why he got hurt. Like, but they want to continue to tell you all these narratives because they want you to continue to pay attention to all of their narratives while it's really about the contract. Don't fall for the magic trick, y'all. Like, be smarter than that. Be smarter than that. That's all I'm saying. Like, don't fall for it. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. This has nothing to do with an agent. 
This has nothing to do with the style of play because his style of play has is what makes him dynamic, and he's been an ultra, ultra high-level competitor. Like, my biggest issue with Baltimore, with the Baltimore Ravens is if you're not going to surround Lamar Jackson with high-level offensive firepower, okay, then that's even more reason to pay him because you're not paying the big-time money for a big-time wide receiver. You're not paying for the money for big-time, you know, top-end offensive linemen. You're not paying that money out. So if you're not paying that money for those other positions, then why the hell can't Lamar Jackson get $250 million guaranteed? Because he keeps your offense when he is healthy. The Ravens have one of the best five to six offenses in all of the NFL. Look at the numbers. Look them up. Even without having any legitimate big-time money playmakers, they don't have a Devontae Adams. They don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have a Tyreek Hill. They don't have any of those guys. And yet and still, the Ravens' offense, when Lamar is in there, is one of the best in the NFL. So if you're going to be like, the Ravens want to get the results and not have to pay anything. Not only do they not want to pay for the playmakers that would take their offense to the next level, they don't want to pay the reason that their offense is so damn good. That's greed. And yet and still, you got people out here that's making excuses for the big money owners. And trying to act like it's Lamar's fault. See, the problem is people hear the way Lamar speaks, and maybe he doesn't speak the most distinctively. Maybe he does have that southern, Florida, that South Florida draw, and people think he's not intelligent. So they try to say, well, Lamar's just, Lamar's just not being intelligent, and that's why all this is happening. He's just not as smart. Like if I hear – I almost <laughs> said some names. If I hear one more person try to insinuate that Lamar is stupid or doesn't know what he's doing, I'm going to get really, really annoyed because that is, you know, that's not about anything that he's doing. That's about your stigmas you're putting on him because of what he looks like and how he speaks. Lamar has done nothing but be a first-class citizen He's always represented Baltimore Ravens and NFL with class, with dignity, with a joy. He always has a smile on his face. He's respected by his teammates and his rivals. If anything, the Baltimore Ravens have used how great a guy he is against him to screw him over because they feel like his loyalty is so great that they can continue to take advantage of him. And you know what? Lamar's saying, you know what? No more. I'm not going to do it. I would not play for the Ravens again, and I would sit out and let the Ravens continue to languish out there. They're banking on the fact that they don't think that Lamar would sit out and sit and not play because they know how much he loves the game. They're trying to use his kindness as weakness. And so far, Lamar has done a great job of standing up for himself And he's done a great job of representing himself in the way that I would expect somebody who's not going to take it anymore does. If Mr. Nice Guy doesn't get it done, then I'm going to be Mr. Not-So-Nice Guy. And I'm here for it. I support it. I love it. You know, I I mean, I, I just, I want to see him get paid. And you know what? Allow time. Wait for, uh, what, wait for Joe Burrow. His contract, because he can come up to, to get his new contract, I believe, um, sometime this summer. 
I would sit out. I would not sit. Any, sit uh, you know, I would not do anything, and I would allow uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow to get their contract extensions. And depending upon how they go with that and how they negotiate them, then let's go and find out how much Lamar's worth. Because let's see how much Joe Burrow's worth. They want Lamar's, Lamar Jackson's contract to get done before Joe Burrow's because if they do that, then they can set the standard for how much Joe Burrow can get paid and they can try to save a little money. But we know good and damn well that the Cincinnati Bengals will give Joe Burrow whatever he wants. If Joe Burrow wants $300 million guaranteed, the Bengals is going to give it up. So I say, Lamar, sit out, continue to do what you're doing. Don't let these people assassinate your character. You've been nothing but a class A guy. Some people have tried to, you know, bring up uh, Antonio Brown and say, oh, I hope he's not going down this road. That is utter bullcrap. It's bullcrap. And I'm, I, I'm not going to stand for it. Absolutely not. So you know what? Get your money, man. But I, I, I tell you what, we, you know, we're going flip to gear, flip gears a little bit. I did want to get in uh, to a lot of the things I saw at the McDonald's All-American game uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, it was an absolutely um, illuminating experience. Um, I, I, I got to see the opportunity. I know everybody says that I, like, I hate LeBron. And because of that, I'm being critical of Bronny James and, and, and all that stuff, man, because of some of the, the things I said. And, and I wanted to see what Bronny would look like out there in the McDonald's All-American game. I also wanted to see what Reed Shepard was going to look like. Um, those were two guys that I felt should not have been in the game. I thought a guy like Mikey Williams uh, was snubbed from the game. I thought Mikey was a, a guy who would have – uh, been deserving of that spot. Also, a guy, Robert Dillingham, um, definitely should have been in that game. I feel that both of those players are much better than the aforementioned uh, James and, and, you know, uh, you know uh, yeah, the other kid uh, that's going to UK. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, I will give them this. I will give them credit for this. Reed Shepard and Bronny James acquitted themselves well okay um you know i don't think they were perfect i think that reed is a guy who uh he did what what i expected him to do be very fundamentally sound he took advantage and made plays where he's could uh made some nice passes had a nice defensive stand he's a nice player he's a nice solid basketball player i think that he can help kentucky uh he can be a veteran type of guy um for a young team even though he's going to be a freshman himself. Same thing with Bronny James. Bronny James is very fundamentally sound. Uh, he has been working tirelessly on his jump shot. I can tell that. Both of those young guys went out there and showed well. They weren't spectacular. Uh, you know, one of my biggest criticisms of Bronny James is, you know, he's considered this combo guard or this point guard. There's not one time that I saw him take the ball and attack and do anything with it. I didn't see him get by his man and get into the lane. I didn't see him show any sort of um, handle as far as being able to be tricky, shifty, you know, to be able to get in there. I, all I saw him do was hit open jump shots. I, you know, he, he hit a little sidestep three, um, and the rest were just basically standstill open jump shots. And while you give him credit for hitting the jump shots, um, <sighs> You're just okay, you know. Like it, you could go somewhere and have a nice three or four year 
college career and, 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 you know, maybe look to try to make that jump and get in, uh, be a second-round guy in a few years. And, and you know, I, I, like I said, LeBron is making this push um, to get Bronny drafted. Um, and, and I give him, you know, I, I understand that. You know, you, you want to see your seed do well. You know, you, you want to see that. You want to see that happen. But, you know, at, at the same time, let's not get it twisted. Like, like you know, uh, let's not get it twisted. Le- LeBron James is trying to get his son paid, and, and I understand that, you know. But, Le- 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 I mean, Bronny's just not – He's not good enough, man. He's 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 not good enough um, to be considered a first round draft pick. If he gets picked in the first round, I will be shocked that LeBron has that much pull because the kid is 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 nice, and I think that he should go. Like I know that uh, Levar Ball get, made the suggestion of Bronny going over to play pro ball in uh, in Australia, uh, kind of doing the same thing uh, that that uh, not Lonzo Lamelo did. And go over there and play. He said, "If you really the man, go over there to to um, Australia and play in that league until you go, or, or you know, he could go to the overtime elite and play in the G League." I don't think he's going to do either one of those two things. Uh, reason why is when you're playing with grown men and you're playing with professionals, you get exposed. And at his size, I mean, it's one thing for Lamelo. Lamelo's six seven. Okay, so he was able to, with his size and length, be a matchup nightmare. You know, Bronny is 6'2", 6'3". At that size, especially playing against very physical, older players, you can kind of get exposed. So it'll be very interesting to see the decision that he makes. He has slow played his commitment. He was the only uncommitted prospect in the McDonald's All-American game, and he has kind of slow played that whole situation. So I I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but 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 I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and go right back to the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Uh, caller, you're on the line. Your name? Good morning, Sean. You know who it is. Wait, wait. What's <laughs> happening this morning, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm doing all right, man. You know, it's, 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 it's bright and sunny outside. It's a beautiful day. It was a nice drive over the bridge here into uh, southern Indiana, man. So it's a good day. Absolutely. A little windy, though. Yeah, it's a little windy. It's a little windy, but I'll take that. It's 60 degrees outside, you know, but barely a cloud in the sky. You know, I might actually get out and go on that walking bridge and do a little something today, Wayne. I mean, that'll be good. Yeah. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always enjoying it. Listen, I had to do man, Jay has. Oh yeah, his commentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, well, you know, Jay has this, this whole Lamar Jackson thing got, got Jay, man, shook. Yeah, I'm like, don't I worry, Jay, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> and we all we all know what it is. It's BS. BS. It is. Uh, with a, a capital T. But uh, I tell you what, uh, I hope it works out for Lamar because he, he, he deserves to get paid, y'all. And, and like everybody has uh, stated before, it's collusion. And, and and what like you like you talked about earlier, we do not want anybody to bump through the system. And Lamar is his own man, and he's doing it his way. And just like you talked about Rokai, he didn't have an agent. How did he? How did he translate it into being the highest paid linebacker? Highest paid linebacker ever. Like that, that's the whole point, Wayne. Right? It's like they made Roquan Smith the highest paid linebacker ever without an agent. So, like the whole fact that they act like, oh, well, you just can't get a big deal done without an agent is bullcrap. 
It's exactly. And every time I listen, it it, 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 it makes me get anger, anger, uh. Yeah. But it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll work out because Lamar's a talent. And it, all you have to do is look at his career. Absolutely. What is he, he's 26. What has he accomplished? Yeah. A lot. They don't want, they don't, they want, they, they don't want to recognize. But I'm, I'm, I'm prayerful that somebody will take him up. And, 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 you know, he may not get, uh, uh, Fully guaranteed, like uh, Deshaun Watson. But if if he gets two hundred million uh, with one hundred fifty hundred and fifty million guaranteed, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I would take that. You know, that's money. You know, at some point in time, you're gonna have to take some money if you go if you want to continue to play, or you can just say, "Well, bump it off. I'm not paying no more at all." Yeah. yeah, well, I, you know, like, like I said, I, I think, Wayne, I think that the most prudent thing for him to do, because like I said, Joe Burrow, I think he comes up for his contract extension in like June. It's either June or July where Joe Burrow becomes eligible for the extension. And I know that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to sign Joe Burrow's uh, extension the first day that it becomes available. If I'm Lamar, I would sit out. I would sit out OTAs. I would wait for Joe Burrow's deal to get done and let him set the market. You know, and, and I, right. I I would just wait for that because they're trying to use Lamar as the guinea pig to set the market for everybody else. I would just wait, you know, and, and let right. Burrow, let Burrow and Herbert get their money and get their new contracts, and then I would go back to the table at that point and say, okay, this is what Joe got. I need, you know, at, right. least, at least what Joe got, you know, and, exactly. and leave it at that. Exactly, like you said, lay back, like. Like uh, LLQ, they just say, I'm going to lay back in the cut and see <laughs> Yeah, hey, you can't be the nice guy all the time. See, that's the whole thing is Lamar is a nice guy at heart. And he want, he loves exactly. football. He loves the fans. He always wants to be the good guy. But sometimes you got to play the villain, especially when it exactly. comes to business. If you're business, you can't exactly. be nice. You know, some, when it comes to that money, bro, sometimes you got to be a little nasty. You got to show some teeth. You got to be a jerk right. every once in a while, you know? And I think that's Absolutely. what Lamar, that they're hoping and praying that Lamar's nice guy attitude wins out. And, and that's what exactly. they're hoping is that they can take advantage of him because he's a nice guy. Right. But he, he's going he's, he's gonna to get his. And, and, and looking at the uh, Cardinal football, I think they're going to be nice. I like it. Hey, I, I like I, I like what I'm hearing. I'm hearing some Absolutely. good things. I'm hearing some good things out of camp. Let, let me tell you something. Absolutely. You know that this Jack Plummer uh, that they've said he's the real deal, Wayne. Oh yeah, and see, plus he knows the system, so that, that that's that's half the battle. Oh yeah, and, he, and he, he, he's a good leader, so he's the perfect man for the job, and I think he's going to do very well. And then speaking on the uh, our, our basketball crew, we're doing we're doing good now. Like we we knew that I talked to these last three scholarships, they need three men. Yeah. They need three men, and and uh, I think they'll get them. But there's so many people going in the portal. But who's it going to be? But I tell you one guy that I do, I do feel that they if they can get him, he'll be an asset, and that's the kid from Washington, a uh, minifield. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he, he'll fit the bill. He will fit the bill. He's he's got what they're, they're looking for. They get two more with him. They'll be straight, and then also. Uh, uh, you, you know, all my my my, my uh, 
my my blue necks, they talking that, that that nonsense again. <laughs> and I've said it before. Okay, one guy was trying to make a comparison between Rumors recruiting and uh, Kentucky. Rumors got the people they need. Kentucky does not have the people they need because those freshmen, three freshmen, again, they do not know how to play defense. Yeah, defense wins. And I watch, I watch the, I watch the Mickey D, Mickey D game uh, very closely. Wagner's a good, he's a good player. He cannot put the team on his back because he can't play defense, and and he's gonna be exposed. And what he did, that McDonald did. Oh, you see, yeah, but that's high school. When he gets to college, he will be playing against men. He will not be able to do that foolishness. Yeah. Period. Yeah, no, he's gonna I, be exposed. UK, UK with this recruiting class coming in, Wayne, they're not gonna be able to do the okay. We're just gonna put five freshmen out there and dominate. I don't think these freshmen they ain't like that. Like Aaron Bradshaw, the big guy. Like I like him probably the most out of the UK kids, just because he's you know he's a true seven footer. He can right. step out and, and and hit a jump shot. But I don't like his motor. You know, he reminds me a lot of Brandon Huntley Hatfield. You're big and you're long and you're tall, but you seem like you're tired all the time. You know what I mean? It's right. like you just seem like you're sleepy out on the court. Like I, I don't necessarily like his motor. I like DJ what he can do, but you know DJ's not a necessarily consistent shooter, and you know he makes some questionable decisions. Um, you know the kid Justin Edwards seems like he's a pretty good player. I saw him knock down a couple of uh, wing three point shots, but I really didn't see anything. I didn't see him take the ball off the dribble. So I, I don't think that UK can go out there and start five freshmen and be dominant this year. They're going to have to find, you know, they're either going to have to hold on to a couple of these guys from this year's team, or they're going to have to hit that transfer portal. I don't think they can win with just these freshmen. Exactly. And and, and all we have to do is go back a few years to five five. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I don't care who it is. You, if you start more than three freshmen, five stars, you ain't going to win no championship. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I've not I've not seen one yet, and I I follow it like you do. I've not seen one yet. But the thing I like, I I, I do love this final four, and and, and, yeah. and what it what it shows you is you don't have to have a team with five stars to win. And all you have to do, Florida Atlantic, what did they want? Thirty five games. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So so who, 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 now now who do you got out of the four you know because of course we got Miami uh, and UConn on one side and then we got San Diego State uh, and, and FAU on the other side uh, who, who are you liking? I like to be honest with you I like Miami because of their grit and and I, I told you earlier all the teams uh, all those guards that Louisville wanted and didn't get I don't care they ain't gonna do nothing yeah I told you that. And, and and they all they 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 they, they all got it close. But I, I like Miami. I like their their management. And secondly, uh, Connecticut is excellent. But I think the 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 dark horse sneaky team is San Diego State because they got ballers. Hey, hey <laughs> don't they play? You know who they remind me of? They remind me of like a team full of football players. You know how when the football players are coming to the gym. And they'll be like, come on, we got our team. And they just try to right. go out there and just beat up everybody. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's who San Diego State reminds me of, man. Just a team full exactly. of like bodybuilding football players. But they get it done. Exactly. They get it done. They, they, they make it happen. But I think it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's, it, it, it's, it's like this. 
in a one-game set, anybody can win on a given day. Absolutely. If your shots ain't falling, you know, you're in trouble. But you got to have something to fall back on. If you're a great defensive team, you got a shot. Oh, yeah. You got a shot. And then and on, the, on the women's front, front uh, I can't man. That girl, no, that ain't no girl. That's a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a grown woman, brother. <laughs> and and she, she, she exposed South Carolina. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 but you know what? It, it just all, if Louisville can just get one stud woman, that's that's what it is. Every time when they get close, it's always it's always a superstar, and that girl is tough. She's a baller, and, and yeah. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it has us talking about Emma. She's not gonna beat them because it ain't no it ain't nobody in college basketball can stop that woman. None. Oh no, no. LSU. I, I feel like the cha- they won the championship last night. Like I, I don't think there's any chance the LSU is gonna stop Iowa now. Like I, I don't think Caitlin Lacar is gonna let them lose. You know? Exactly. She's not gonna let them lose. No. She's gonna. Now she's one woman in the game today. She can carry that team, and she will. She'll do what she'll do what is necessary. Cause I mean, she, you know, you know, she reminds me of who's that. As, even though she's a she reminds me of a Larry Bird. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. She reminds me of a Larry Bird. She scored, she, or, uh, Wayne, she scored or assisted on every point in the fourth quarter. That's exactly. crazy. That's unbelievable. She, she, she's the truth. As we say back in the day, she's the truth. Yes. <laughs> the whole truth she's and the nothing truth. but the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And she, she got it. Yes, so sir. it wouldn't be surprising. And, and, and if they lose it, it, it that, the, that would be a tremendous upset. Yeah, I would be shocked at, at this point. I, After I would knocking be. off South Carolina, I would be shocked. But you know what? That's why I can say it. If Louisville is going to lose, if they lose to the eventual, eventual national champion, it does make me feel better. And, and did you know that if Iowa wins, this will be the third year in a row where Louisville lost to the team that ultimately won the title? Exactly. That's crazy. And, and, then, we, and then we know that, that one year they, they stole it from us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't we could get a call. Yeah. We couldn't get a call. I mean, I, I, wonder, I wonder how Jeff Walls feels about that because that would be the fifth team overall where Jeff Walls lost to the team that ended up winning the championship. Five times. Right. Five times. Exactly. Just, just a little I, bit better, Coach. Just a little bit better, and you can get over that hump, man. Exactly. And you, and you think, if you, the, 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 the team has got that superstar, you put them on rubber so they win. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I said. Could you imagine if if that big girl, if Camilla Cardoso, instead of you know trying to jump on with the Monstars and goes to South Carolina, if her big six seven butt is playing for Louisville, and you put her down there, uh, you know, next to um, you know the other big girl, and you know with Haley and the rest of those teams, if you that's all Louisville needs. Then you could go out there and exactly. win a championship. But she wants to go jump on South Carolina. That's why I was happy they lost. I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, Sean, you know, it's always a privilege and a pleasure, man, to, to holler at you, man. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing you again and give my regards to Haven and Joe. Yes, sir. And, and, and if, if, what, what we really need to work on, we need to get Francis. <laughs> hey, 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 I need to get him on here. I will. Yeah, we need to have a come to Jesus meet with, with Francis, man. We got to get it together. Right. I, I don't know where his head's been the, the, the last year or two. So, yeah, I, I agree. But I appreciate the call in, Wayne. 
Oh, you know I do too, man. And you enjoy your day, my brother. And then what we always say at the end of the day, go Cards. Thanks, Sean. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Wayne. Man, that's what I'm talking about. But we're going to go ahead, hit this last break. When we come back, uh, going to go ahead, close the show. If you got any last text, people, speak now or forever hold your peace. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, and we'll read that when we'll be back on uh, the Big X Sports Radio. Yo, to get you the bangness, body soul snatcher, universal language, it be the light, so open up. Reminisce for a spell, or shall I say think back yeah. 22 years ago to keep it on track uh-huh. The birth of a child on the 8th of October like A toast, that. but my granddaddy, granddaddy Count all the fingers and the toes Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows yeah. 18 years younger than my mama But I really got a really good girl of trauma In single parenthood, there I stood By the time she was 21, had another one This one's a girl, let's name a Pam Same father as the first, but you don't, but you don't And welcome back in, welcome back in The last segment of the day Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers here Coming to you live, Big X Sports Radio, WXVW 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM, The Big X. Uh, tell you what, man, it has been an absolutely amazing show this morning. Just so many topics to cover. See, I, you know, I love talking to U of L UK, but, man, we've been all over the board, and, and that's the way I like it. I, there's so many things to talk about, so many things to get into. Of course, uh, Louisville is about an hour into their open practice this morning. Um, everybody's super, super excited. I'm hearing so many good things about so many of the newcomers uh, and returning players. Um there's uh, several guys that you're going to want to uh, keep an eye on if you guys are out there. I'm sure you're out there listening to me while watching spring practice. If you're out there right now, guys that you want to pay close attention to, um, one would be big number 90. Okay, big number 90, that is Jermaine Lolay. Of course, he was uh, last year, he was considered the number two transfer in the transfer portal uh, last year. Um, defensive tackle um, out of Arizona State. He transferred in, got hurt the first game of the year versus Syracuse, was down for the year. Uh, Jermaine is on his way back. He is not. Uh, doing all the reps. Uh, the coaching staff is trying to take their time bringing him back. But Jermaine Lolay was a guy who was considered to be, um, you know, have a, a top two or three round grade uh, in the NFL um, before the uh, the injuries injury bug hit him. He apparently had a torn tricep muscle last year, which put him out for the year. So he's been coming back, but apparently uh, he looks to be making some big plays early on. So that'll be a guy that you'll want to keep an eye on, especially because I think he's going to be one of the people that really helped to kind of ease the sting of losing Yaya Diaby. Um, He's a guy who can play on the inside and on the outside at 320 pounds. He has the size and the strength to play on the interior, uh, but he also has the speed and quickness to get on the edge and wreak havoc. Uh, So that's going to be a guy that you want to keep an eye on. Of course, I talked a little bit about this guy last week, but Tafik Thomas, um, the big man out of Tampa, Florida, uh, 6'4", 310 pounds. He'll be wearing number 91. 
Um, Tafika did a great job of getting into awesome shape. He came into Louisville uh, weighing around 360 pounds. Um, you know, he has dropped. 50 pounds from that frame, uh, still has the strength, has a lot more quickness. Um, again, a guy who has the size of six foot four to play on the interior, but now with his new uh, trimmed down, uh, you know, uh, frame, he can play a little bit on the edge. Of course, uh, you know, Louisville's going to bring back a guy like Mason Riger, who uh, had an excellent, excellent year last year um, in, in that rotation uh, coming off the bench. Uh, so Louisville has a lot of guys out there um, that can make a lot of plays so I, I think that they're while the offense gets all of the um gets all of the hype of course with a, a Jeff Brom uh coach coming in uh you know you expect for the offense to be good but the defensive line especially um and the edge rushers is where I get the most excited about because I feel like if you can have a dominant pass rush with the numbers that I expect for Brom to put up offensively that could make this Louisville team very special. I saw an article written about Louisville that said that that this Louisville Cardinals team is a dark horse um, playoff team, uh, and I think that, that that's a possibility. Uh, when you look at the roster that Louisville has of the guys that they have returning back, the offensive weapons uh, that Louisville's bringing in, some of the returning guys that we discussed defensively, uh, with you know, you combine that with a schedule that is extremely forgiving. Louisville does not have to deal with Florida State this year. They do not have to deal with Clemson this year. Um, they're dealing with a, a Miami team that was not great last year. You're dealing with a rebuilding Pittsburgh team. You're dealing with uh, a lot of very manageable games. Of course, they do play Notre Dame this year, but they do have Notre Dame at home. Same thing with Kentucky, uh, who is also rebuilding. Uh, you know, so I, I think that Louisville definitely has a shot to make some big time noise. And if you can go out there in your first year under Jeff Brom and, you know, even be considered, I think that Louisville has a very, very good chance of cracking the top 25 and staying in there most of the year. And I think that that would be a huge, huge plus. Other guys that you want to keep your eye on, big number 88. Uh, wide receiver out of Hylia, Florida, William Foles, 6'3", 210 pounds. That's going to be a young man that you want to keep your eyes on. Um, I think that he's going to have an opportunity to be a big-time, big-time player. Uh, Kateris Hicks, um, he is a guy that is more, um, you know, in that scat back, um, you know, kind of slot receiver uh, build, um, 5'10", 170 pounds. Um, you know, I, I think that he has an opportunity to be kind of one of those big-time uh, slot guys in time. It's going to take him a little bit just because Kateris is so small, um, but I do think that he's going to have an opportunity uh, to do some things. So those those are just a, a few names that I think that you will want uh, to keep your eye on. You know, you really can't say keep your eye on the offensive line. And you, most of the times when you're watching the offensive line uh, guys play, uh, you really don't know what you're looking at. They're just a bunch of big guys starting and stopping a whole bunch and pushing on a uh, pushing on the sled. So, you know, you really it, – it's easier to watch the skill guys play, um, you know. So I, I think as far as in the defensive secondary, a couple of guys you want to keep an eye on, number 27, Devin Neal. Uh, he's the transfer from Baylor. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that you're going to want to keep an eye on. 
the, the hope is that he can come in and provide some depth um, out there. Um, running back number 23, Isaac Garendo. He's, of course, the transfer from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, that you know he's he's expected to come in and kind of help an already very deep uh, running back group. Uh, also in the secondary, number 19, Marcus uh, Grove Killebrew. Um, of course, he was a transfer that came in from Texas A&M. Um, yeah, that, that is a guy who um, I believe is expected to be a big-time, big-time help. He can play uh, both on the, uh, on the edge as a primary corner. He can also play uh, in the slot as well. I think uh, Marquise is pretty much the guy that they expect is going to um, – you know, take one of the big steps forward um, out there with Jarvis Brownlee. I think that they want Grove Killebrew and Brownlee to be out there on the edge, and that way um, you can move some of those other defensive backs uh, into the interior. Uh, in terms of your transfer wide receivers, you have Jaden Thompson, um, the, the transfer uh, from Cincinnati. I believe he's been kind of bumped up. Uh, he's wearing number 18. Um, he has not necessarily uh, been out there as of yet, but that's another guy that if you see him out there, um, he's expected to be a big-time contributor. You have the big man himself, Mr. Jamari Johnson. That's number 11, 6'5", 260-pound tight end out of Inglewood, California. Um, he was the guy that Alabama made an absolute run at. Um, they wanted him. Uh, to be a part of what they were doing down there. Jamari stayed tight. Uh, probably the best tight end prospect Louisville's ever had. And this is a this is a team that has had tight ends like Ivan Green, like Ronnie Gent. Um, you know, he, they've had some of the best tight ends anywhere. Jamie Asher, uh, you know, this is tight. You know, Louisville, they, get, they call Louisville quarterback you, but there's been a lot of impressive tight ends to come through. And that being said, Jamari Johnson's probably the best tight end prospect to ever come through. So uh, big number 11, uh, look for him out there as well. If you're wondering, Pierce Clarkson will be wearing number 10. Um, so if you see him out there today, that's where you want to look for him uh, out there as well. Jimmy Callaway, the transfer from Tennessee. I know he's been another guy who's been a bit banged up. Uh, he'll be wearing number 7 if you're looking for him out there. Uh, Stan Quan Clark will be wearing number 6. Of course, he's a linebacker out of Miami, Florida. Florida. Uh, he was one of the highest rated prospects in the class. Uh, Stan Kwan is wearing number six uh, if you want to see him out there. Um, other than that, guys, to keep an eye on Caleb Johnson, the guy that we talked about earlier. Um, he was banged up uh, last year, had a knee injury, did not get to see the field at all in his true freshman year uh, at UofL. Uh, Caleb has been making strides this year. Um, he's very, very excited about you know Coach Brown, the new direction. I know everybody's hyped about um, Pierre Clarkson, but with Pierce not playing, uh, Caleb is getting a lot of reps out there, so uh, he'll he'll be wearing number two uh, if you're looking for him out there. Um, of course, your two trans, your two big time four star uh, wide receiver transfers. You have Jamari Thrash, who's wearing number one. He's a six one hundred eighty eighty pound wide receiver uh, transfer uh, from. Uh, was that Middle Tennessee or, or excuse me Georgia State, um, and then of course Kevin Coleman, the transfer from Jackson State, the five eleven hundred eighty pound wide receiver um, out there as well, another four star guy, uh, one of the elite. He was actually rated higher um, uh, than the, uh, the the former commit DeAndre Moore was, um, who came who ultimately decommitted from Louisville and ended up at Texas. Um, so you know th those are some of the guys that you want to keep an eye on. Kevin Coleman, of course, wears number three. By the way, uh, so. Those 
those are a few of the names I know that we are about to get out of here. I appreciate you guys and everything uh, that you did for us. Uh, this is Rashawn Myers. Uh, this is a big been Big X Sports Radio. Wake up five oh two. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much um, for all the calls. Uh, big shout out to Jay Has. Big shout out to Wayne. Um, you know all you guys. Haven Harrington, be safe on your trip. Um, heading to spring break myself, so I can't wait that day. Taking my son on some college tours. Hey, this is Rashawn Myers, and we're out on Big X Sports Radio. When I date back, I recall a man off the family tree. My right hand, Papa Doc, I see. Took me from a boy to a man, so I always had a